So, I guess this, this is the actual first show. It's been a long time coming. Um, it has, it has. Our name changes and, um, you know, a long time, but I think we're, we're sitting pretty with the Colton and Joe show. And, uh, you know, a show where we talk about all things NFL and specifically Steelers related because we're both Steelers fans. Um, Indeed. Very interesting time. Very interesting in intro there. We got got some news today, finally, for the first time and Lord knows how long. Yeah, how I cannot believe that DeAndre Baker, first round cornerback, just gets arrested for armed robbery. Four counts. What is he <laughs> <laughs> I just went on it. Him and uh, Quentin Dunbar, I guess it looks like. Four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Quentin Dunbar only has four counts of armed robbery. Uh, DeAndre, I guess he he just showed up halfway through and halfway yeah. through this heist. So. That's kind of... I'm not sure what he's doing, but this is... It's kind of crazy. Um, That's a big hit for the Redskins, more so than the Giants. I mean... I guess neither of those teams are really going to be in much playoff contention, but <laughs> Quinn yeah. Dunbar is is definitely a big piece of that defense. So that's going to yep. be a little bit rough. A defense that's already pretty weak, to say the least. Um, they, I'm not really yeah. Defense, except that's going to be the Chase Young show and, and Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. That's going to be about it this season. Landon Collins. Don't forget about my man, Landon. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I forgot about Landon Collins. Another... The, the Redskins, are just, they just love to grab those, those one-year wonder kind of guys. Landon Collins and Josh Norman. And <laughs> yeah. They just they just jump on the train, but... Landon yeah. Collins has definitely been more of a hit than Josh Norman has. He's yeah. already out of there. Josh Norman, uh, he always got in those fights. Those were always interesting to watch. He did, he did. He did. Those were the um, days. How do, you, how do you feel about the the Browns turning down Russell Wilson for the first overall pick? That's <laughs> Well, I think both sides are pretty stupid for that, in my opinion. I think, why would you trade your franchise quarterback for, for in theory, the number one overall pick is good. And I guess looking back in hindsight, you say, oh, Russell Wilson for Baker Mayfield, that was stupid. But I don't know, maybe they really like Baker, they really like Sam Darnold. I mean, those were definitely two great prospects at the time. I don't think Josh Allen was really in that contention. Or yeah. Definitely not Josh Rosen. I think it's stupid to offer Wilson for that. I think it's even dumber to not take it if you're going to take a quarterback first overall. And you already know that you're a team that has these these underlying issues of drama in the locker room and amongst the team. And you can bring in Russell Wilson, which is a guy that gives no drama or anything. You just come in and do your job kind of guy, but you go get Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, you're telling me you have the option to take a risk on your first overall pick <clears throat> on a quarterback for the future. Or you can pick someone... That has already proved themselves. Why are you Why are you passing on that? I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I see. In theory, you you get the younger guy, but I think in a team that really their biggest need is to establish a culture. I think Russell Wilson is short of Tom Brady, maybe the best one to do that. Baker Mayfield is not good. He's yeah. He just he provides a lot of drama. No disrespect. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah of course, no respect to my. I don't really like him that much. I can't yeah, say, I like can't Baker. Say my man. I'm, I've never really like liked him as a person either. Uh, I know we're. I know we got. Uh, we got rivals with Cleveland, especially nowadays, Cincy and, and Baltimore. But I've never really like 
disliked any of those teams for an extended period of time. Apart from being rivals, I don't like the Bengals, really. But it's not like a hatred. I've never really hated that. That got respect for a lot of those guys. I love I love Baker. Jarvis Landry is my man. I love Jarvis. Yeah, I was, full disrespect to Miles Garrett, though he can. I was a uh, I was doing a collaboration post with um with Steelers versus NFL, a couple of maybe the first year I was running my Steelers Instagram account, which uh, seems like it was a long time ago. It really wasn't that long time ago. I think it was two about two years now that I've been running that account uh, on and off, of course. But either way, um, we were ranking the top ten wide receivers, <laughs> and I put Jarvis Landry too, and everyone thought I was. So stupid. And looking back at it, he's not the number two wide receiver in the NFL, <laughs> but he is definitely good. Um, and I have immense faith in him. I love I love Jarvis, especially in his Miami days. Ooh, ooh. He was so productive. That was, that was my absolute man. He's just I don't know Baker. He he still gets the, the ball, but he's he's definitely a volume guy. He's not like a big splash play kind of guy like Adele. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that offense can do next season. That's a big big question. Um, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I heard, um, I, I didn't hear, I saw a Twitter post about how OBJ, uh, has, like, the most targets in the NFL, but, like, 80% of those targets were uncatchable, being uncatchable by PFF. So, mm-hmm. like, That's crazy. I watched, like, maybe one or two Browns games beside the ones that they played the Steelers, and all the time, I just see Baker just load up and throw the ball, like, as far as he can to Odell, and always overthrow him. It was... Yeah, I, I it's just you get that star there, and it's like he, you have to help him put up numbers if you're the quarterback. So Baker is just chucking it up, trying to force feed him, and and just sending it when he's not open. I mean, yeah, Ben kind of did that with a with AB back in the day, but he it did, was like, he did. Most of the balls at least catchable, you know. Yeah, but Ben Ben was just so tiny; he just put that ball where no one could get it. Besides AB, and if he didn't get it, so be it. If he got it, then it's a splash play. Baker just. He doesn't have that accuracy, at least at this point in his career. Oh, yeah. So I saw, maybe it was an Instagram post. No, it was a YouTube video. I saw a YouTube video. And someone said that the reason why Mike, uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Allen will never be great quarterbacks in the NFL is because they don't have like the accuracy. And that's something that you need to have whenever you're like a great quarterback. Like All the great quarterbacks can throw the ball accurately. Um, mm. they, they have like big arms, but the ball is not. It's not ever that accurate. So, I mean, some of it, I think Josh Allen will be a good quarterback, in my opinion. I think he's already a good quarterback for me. I don't think he's going to be, like, ever an elite quarterback. I definitely think he can be, you know, a high caliber. He's not going to be best of the best, but he'll be a step below it, in my opinion. I I don't think his accuracy is amazing, but I think there's been flashes there, definitely. I think you can definitely see the talent showing, and he's got he's got wheels, <laughs> definitely. And he's yeah. got, in my opinion, probably the strongest arm in the league. Yeah, he's kind of crazy in that in that sense that he he's big, he's fast, and throw the ball deep. And I know that his statistics throwing the ball deep are not that well; like he doesn't complete that many of them. But I mean, uh, other than Smokey Brown, he didn't really have that many deep targets per se. Um, yeah, a lot of more short route, like Danny Amendola kind of guys. Yeah, Colt Beasley. <laughs> yeah, like can you? Really He's got stuff on Diggs now. Yeah, Diggs is Diggs is definitely that deep play kind of guy. What was yeah, that crazy stretch he had? Like four or five games in a row of like 
over 150 yards. That was crazy during this season. Yeah. Um, uh, so, in the last piece of news, is, um, I don't even know how we got to got to that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so so obviously you heard about how um, it came out that that Mike Tomlin like gave um, James Harrison money after a dirty hit in 2010 or something like that. And then it came out later that Mike Tomlin said he didn't. So who do you like believe in this whole situation? Uh, um, it's tough. You don't know. A lot of people are thinking that it's like this thing of um, like Mike Tomlin paid him to have this dirty hit. But I definitely don't think that's the case. I think it's more of he's Tomlin knew he's going to get a fine if it happened. We don't know. It's more of Tomlin's like, oh, he's going to get a fine, so maybe I'll pay off his fine for him because I think it was clean. Do I think that it happened? I, I don't know if I'm going to say I think that it happened just because it's a, it's a player versus the coach. And, but it definitely could have because if it happened, Tomlin's not going to be like, yeah, I did that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's um, there's too many, like, people calling each other names, and I'm not, that's not the, the right term, but it's one person's word against another person's word, and, uh, you know, there's not really any way to tell. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> that's all very interesting, but I really want to know if the Broncos are ready for some better competition. True. <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, they got some absolute weapons at offense. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Melvin, um, not Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Gordon yeah. free agency. Uh, he'll definitely put a spark in that that team. They already had some good running backs, but how do you feel about them this year? All right. I, Denver, for me, is a playoff team this year. But I think what it comes down to, pretty much solely, it comes down to Drew Locke. I think he looked stellar. In the last four or five, I think it was four games that he started of the season, maybe five. But he 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 looked like a starting caliber quarterback, definitely. And I think the talent is around him: Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Cortland Sutton, the All Star, no fan, or the Pro Bowler. I'm sorry, but um, I think all the talents around him. He's got a defense. Obviously, Denver's known for having that good defense. I think it comes down to him. How is he going to play? And the problem that I see with Denver is their backup is Jeff Driscoll. So uh, if it doesn't it doesn't work out, then what happens? If Drew Locke isn't the guy you think he is, then what was he, like a fourth-round pick or something? If he doesn't turn out to be the guy, then the season's done. Because Jeff Driscoll's not going to save you. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, <clears throat> to me, they seem like the epitome of a, of a wild-card team because they're in a, they're in a pretty, uh, pretty good division at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm... I feel like they'll probably do better than the Chargers and the Raiders, but there's no way they're doing better than the Chiefs. So yeah, I'm sitting at that the number one wild card spot. Yeah, I think the Chiefs will definitely win it. I could see the Chargers going relatively far with with uh, Tyrod Taylor, because I mean Tyrod Taylor's not a guy that jumps off the charts as being amazing at anything, but he's a guy. He's a winner. He yeah. brought Buffalo their first playoff berth since '98, I believe. Just a few years back, and he, he knows how to win games. He can get her done. He's like like Teddy Bridgewater. They're, they're not super athletic guys. They don't jump off the chart or anything, but they're winners, and they know how to rally a locker. Yes, I uh, 100% agree with that. I think 
Tyra Taylor is very underrated. I don't think he gets nearly the appreciation he deserves. Nor I think he I think he really should have been signed as a starter in it last year. I'm sure he could have stepped yeah. in somewhere, specifically maybe in um in Denver, since they had like they had Joe Flacco starting and he was obviously less Denver. Than I guess Jacksonville expected Nick Foles, but I don't know. I didn't. Nick Foles yeah. got injured. Why didn't they? Uh, why didn't they bring in? Why didn't, did they play the trade for Tyrod? Anything? Um, I they could have, but I, th- I think they just wanted to kind of tank the season away to an extent. Yeah. Get get a guy. I think they want to see what they got in Gardner Minshew, and when he became a fan favorite, they weren't kind of just bench him in this kind of season. That was not getting how they planned. Yeah, that's <clears throat> this was kind of like the season of like undrafted uh, quarterbacks coming. Obviously, Duck and um, Minshew, and then obvious, and then for the uh, for the Lions, they had that blow guy. Chase Blow. Blow, yes. Um, yeah, is late round undrafted quarterbacks is definitely their year to shine this season. Yeah. Um, that being said, how do you think? Uh, how do you think that the Jaguar teams into this year. Terrible, <laughs> in one <laughs> word, to say the least. I think, I think they're a definite contender for the number one pick in the in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, as we can pretty confidently call it at this point. Um, I think it's really between them, Washington, the Giants. Those are really the three of the teams that I really see competing. Cincinnati, even again, to be honest. Oh, I do love the Joe Burrow pick. I think he'll struggle in such a loaded division. But I definitely don't think they're going to be... And they only have two good players on that team, really, at this point. Three, I, I guess. DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette, and Yannick Ngaku. You know, you saw them decline Fournette's option, look for trading him at the draft, but I guess they didn't get anything off. Ngaku already wants out. So you, you would think by the season opener, we could realistically see DJ Chark be the only solid player on that team. They definitely need a culture change in there, for sure. Someone mm-hmm. like Trevor Lawrence could definitely come in and turn the tides of that organization. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. I'd, I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence there. I just don't want to see Trevor Lawrence go to the Redskins. I'm sorry. I just don't. That's the reason I'm rooting for Dwayne Haskins this season. I, I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence be Washington Redskins. I think they'll probably ruin him. He's such a talented guy, but it just seems like the Redskins have such problems at the quarterback position. It's kind of like the Browns. Yeah, not, yeah, the Jaguars are a team I'd like to see him go to, honestly. I don't know how many teams realistically are vying for that spot. I, and I think any team that gets it, it's going to be a realistic possibility. If you have a young quarterback, you still draft Lawrence. Like the New York Giants. As much as I love Daniel Jones, and believe me, I do, if, you, if they get the number one pick, I don't put it past them, or any team, really. Even even if Daniel Jones has a good year, I don't put it past them to still draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Daniel Jones is um, someone that I thought, I thought for sure, absolute bust. He definitely surprised me last year, though. Mm. Like, much better than I expected. He still has some turnover issues and seemed to follow yeah. the ball playing Madden, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was not exactly... Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if they really... If they have the option to pick up Trevor Lawrence and kind of like a Cardinals-type situation where they can, with Rosen, like they can kind of get someone that they believe to be their guy. You know. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I like, I didn't, I definitely didn't think, I didn't like the pick of Daniel Jones, sixth overall pick, as pretty much no one else liked the pick. And it was a consensus of Dwayne Haskins. 
But I mean, as of as of thus far, Daniel Jones has looked significantly better than Dwayne Haskins. So I, I I like the pick. I like Jones. Jones has grown on me to be one of my favorite quarterbacks. For whatever reason, I just really like him. Is very underrated in my opinion. Yeah, um, it seemed as though like doing. I almost forgot about Dwayne Haskins. I mean, he won like two games as a starter. Maybe yeah. he won that many. And it was rocky. He just uh, he just dipped for the last couple plays and took a couple subs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a rocky start. But I mean, I don't blame him. What weapons did he have last season? Terry like, McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin. And that's it. Adrian Peterson. I mean, he was decent, but he's like thirty six. Darius yeah. Geis. He's only played, I believe, like two, three games in his career thus far. Torn like four ACLs, poor guy. Yeah, and then it's Chris Thompson, who also is injured a decent bit. So it's Adrian Peterson and McLaurin, and I guess Paul Richardson last season. Did they? Uh, did they draft Mike Q this year? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Definitely not in the first round. We all we know about the Chase Young selection, but I'm not yeah. sure. Um. So this is something I'm, I've been very interested. I've always kind of been a big Tug Gurley fan. Obviously, he was in MVP form when the they went the Rams went to the Super Bowl that year. But do you think that he's going to return to that form um, this year with the Falcons, or do you think he's kind of stuck in that that wave where he's never going to be the same? For me, as much as I hate to say it, I think he's stuck. I think the arthritis really got to him. He was obviously having that MVP type of season, but they just used him so much. Like that, that was like ninety percent of their offense at the time, and that was the year I believe. I believe Cooper Cup tore his ACL at that point, so they just worked Gurley into the ground, and he ended up with arthritis like halfway through the playoffs. And that's when you see C.J. Henderson uh, take a, a lot bigger role and perform very well. But I, I just don't see him being the same player that MVP caliber as a running back player that he was that season, the consensus number one running back in the league. I just, I can't see that. It's just very difficult to uh, overcome an injury like that. I, obviously, I don't have arthritis, but um, <laughs> <laughs> especially like, especially in like a situation where you're a running back, you just get hit all the time. Um, yeah. That Rams team is in a dire situation, especially uh, if I don't have much of anything. Definitely, um, definitely. Paying off, I don't think, was the move. But, uh, I don't think they had to pay him, but not that much money. Yeesh. Yeah. He was overpaid. Like he definitely deserved to be paid, as uh, like a, he was a good starting quarterback. But yeah, pretty dependent on Gurley. And as it shows, especially young running backs like that, they're almost never worth it. <laughs> maybe Derrick yeah. Henry, maybe, up, though. maybe next year if he gets paid. But who we'll knows? see. We'll see. Maybe Saquon could be that guy. Or CMC. Uh, yeah, Gaffrey. definitely, definitely. You know, Christian McCaffrey. I'm proud of this. Just a little side note. That the day of that draft. I said, I told everybody that Christian McCaffrey was going to be better than Leonard Fournette, and nobody believed me. And they called me stupid, but I'm, I'm come back from my vengeance as one of my best takes. <laughs> yes, that was a very good take. Uh, I personally did not think that taking a white running back that high would ever work. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't blame you. There's just something about him. It's the jawline. That's he's it. Very versatile. He's not stuck to the running back position. Oh, he, he can, can go out there and play receiver and. He was a thousand yard receiver, I believe, this season. Like he was, he was the Panthers' yeah. offense. Yeah, you know, the Kyle Allen had to step in there and just check down him all day. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before that handgun, it was kind of the consensus, too, that they just, you know, CMC was awesome, so. Yeah. I definitely think he might be the person to break the mold, but does he really count? He's more of like a flex player. I don't know. I think, I, I think if, like, he did the Mason Rudolph show, or check it down to the running back every other play, the only problem is Mason Rudolph didn't have any running back close to as good as Christian McCaffrey. Imagine if we did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think watching some Panthers games, Kyle Allen and Mason Rudolph are extremely similar players. Just with play style and overall ability and how good they are. But, like, obviously, if you throw, if you throw Mason Rudolph on the Panthers, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference in, in the outcome. Yes, I could definitely see that. Um, maybe a little bit less helmet swinging, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's something. So, uh... How do you like? Do you still think that Mason Rudolph? Do you think he's an absolute bust? Do you think he's out of the contention as is like the quarterback of the future? Or do you think I don't. He, I'm not gonna say bust. I do not think he's the quarterback of the future. Personally, uh, I know you were a big uh, Mason Rudolph guy during the season. I think I've never been a Mason Rudolph guy. Like I wanted to see what he could do, but I don't think he's the future. I think it was still like an okay pick for what it was worth. I don't think they drafted Mason Rudolph thinking that he was the, the future of the franchise. I think that they drafted him thinking Josh Dobbs is not a capable backup, and maybe this guy is to Ben. And I think he's a capable backup. You know, I think he's better than what we had in Dobbs. I think he's maybe a little better than what we had in Landry Jones, Bruce Gradkowski, and all that. I don't think he's better than, than Charlie Batch back in the day. But uh, he's, I don't know, I don't. Uh, he's, I, in my opinion, he's not the future of Pittsburgh, but he is a capable backup by I'm, by all means. I am still on the team that Mason Rudolph has a shot. Um, you know, he had a rough year, a lot of problems on and off the field, but um, he just kind of got thrown in there. And like, yeah, I agree with that statement that the Steelers did not pick him with the the intentions of having him be the future. He was, yeah, he was another Dobbs pick. Maybe he'd work out, but they didn't pick him with the first round. It, that's I like the day after the draft, um, after the end of the draft, I saw this Instagram post and it said, if the Steelers thought Mason Rudolph was gonna be the future, they would have picked him with the first round. They wouldn't have taken a chance, and I think that makes absolute sense to me. They would not have picked Terrell Edmonds that that year if they thought that Mason Rudolph was. The future. Oh, I I hated that pick, man. Respected Terrell, I like him as a player. I think I mean obviously he's a starting safety. But you really, you could have got him in the second round. You could have got him at the third round, but you take the first round. We could have. I mean, I, I like I like him, but during the draft, he was rated as like fifth or sixth safety, and the number like two and three guys were still there, with Ronnie Harrison, Justin Reed. If you wanted a safety, in my opinion, you would go with them. But if they, if Edmonds was their guy, I just wish they would have waited a little longer, or trade it back. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you can trade back if you want to, but I don't know. I just like you pick someone else, and it, like their second rounder was James Washington, I guess. Like it wasn't bad. I honestly think you could still take James Washington in the second round. Like Edmonds had a fourth round grade on him, so I could easily see you getting him in the third if you really like him that much. I don't recall off the top of my head at the time he was he was still available. I know I really like Justin Reed and Ronnie Harrison. Justin Reed is is a pretty solid safety in this league with Houston right now. But I don't know. I so I like Terrell as a player. I think this is a big year for him coming up. And will they, won't they with his fifth-year option. But 
Yeah, so so this was a, a question I had written up. Do you think that Terrell Edmonds is on the verge of being a bust? Do you think this is a make it or break it year for him? I like. I think he's an okay player. Do I think it, he's performed at the level that they thought he was going to perform when they selected him the first round? No. But I think... I'm, it's a make or break year with the option. I think if he keeps on doing what he's been doing, they're going to take away. They're not going to exercise his fifth-year option. But it would not surprise me if they don't exercise the option and still bring him back, because he's you know developed that chemistry with Mika Fitzpatrick, and that safety chemistry is definitely something that you need. Where where Edmonds is more of a bruiser and get down low, and that allows Mika Fitzpatrick to be able to uh, to lag back a little bit and and play with his instinct like he does, like what he's so good at doing. I think if you don't have, if you think just not just any safety can go out there and and be that bruiser like Edmonds is, and be okay with that. While well, Minka Fitzpatrick is the one getting all the recognition and the and the interceptions and playing with instinct. I like Edmonds as a player. I think he's he's good in this defense, but I, he has not lived up to a first round grade in my opinion. So yeah, that was a, that was a big discussion around last off season. If the Steelers should kind of move him down and have him be in that like Morgan Burnett nickel. Uh, linebacker uh, spot, like kind of more of a linebacker safety, a co- like a pure mm-hmm. covered guy. Um, obviously, that they never did that this year, and I was disappointed. I thought that that would work out good for him. Um, maybe Trell Evans didn't want that, but I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big Trell Evans fan. I'm not I'm not I'm not like uh I'm not gonna s- support him like I do Mason Rudolph. Like I still think like if we were gonna <laughs> if we like drafted yeah. a safety next year, first round, or something like that, I wouldn't be uh, extremely upset about it. Um, I would be sad for Trell. Obviously, his time at Pittsburgh would be practically over at that point, but um, I think there was probably better picks, and I definitely think the Steelers could have traded down, but you know, so, uh, the Giants could have traded down for, uh, for Daniel Jones, too, but... That's a, yeah. that's a very viable. You know, thing sometimes sometimes I see when you got your guy and you really like this guy, you don't want to let him slip. You don't want to take the chance because it's not like the NBA where like if if I draft some guy, you can just call me up and be like, "Hey, I, w- I want to trade for his rights," and then he's yours now. Yeah, and it's not every day you see a Eli Manning type thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. I like Edmonds as a player. I do. I like what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think he still has potential. Um, but on the topic of a button thing, who do you think has the biggest um, draft bust potential? Bust potential. It's easy to say Jordan Love, just because it's like he's he's a boomer bust guy, and you're gonna have to wait two years to see it. But in my opinion, the biggest bust potential. In the first round is Henry Ruggs to Oakland. I think historically, there's guys in the draft for the wide receivers that are just speed guys, and that's about it. Historically, they've not been great over all recent years. And I think it's tough when you take Henry Ruggs from being the number two guy in Alabama, and you're going to come ask him to be the number one guy in Oakland, because I don't think he's that kind of guy. I think he's a great complimentary piece. To go deep, but I don't think they really have that number one receiver. I don't think Tyrell Williams is, you know, the guy to go out there and lead the offense, kind of like you know your number ones in the league and Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hawkins, Julio Jones can. 
I think I think it'll be okay. But if there's one player that I think could be a boss, I, I gotta go with Henry Ruggs. That is a, a very interesting selection. I kind of um, <clears throat> did not do nearly enough research on the draft this year, so all these prospects, I um, can't forget who they are for a second, especially <laughs> where they won the draft because the draft went so late. I've, a lot of those later picks, I kind of forgot about. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, I can't really make a, an educated uh, decision for that answer. Um, but someone that I, a very interesting pick I thought for sure was uh, Edward Klein Hilaire, I think that's his name. Klein Edward Hilaire. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was the wrong name. Um, but I definitely think that was, I think that was a really good pick for the, for the Chiefs. They're almost like made for each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. I thought he was going to be the Steelers selection in the second round, to be honest. I, Because in my opinion, and in most draft boards, he was ranked as the fourth best running back behind DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins. So it really surprised me to see him go in the first round, obviously. I think the Chiefs are definitely a good fit for him. He's He's a bruiser. And that's yeah, that's really what the Chiefs are kind of looking for in a running back is Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. You see, it didn't really work out last year. But I really thought that's who we were going to end up with. He really seemed like a Steelers football kind of guy, embodiment of it. So I, I thought that was going to be the pick, but I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, um, the Chiefs picked by need, so they, they got what they needed. Um, so that being said, uh, obviously we were talking about running backs. And the Steelers passed on one of those running backs he talked about, J.K. Dobbins, for a wide receiver out of Notre Dame, known as Chase Claypool. Um, yeah. So. Um, I I like the Claypool pick overall as a prospect. Do I wish we might have got J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, <laughs> to an extent. Yes, I do. <laughs> I I think running back was definitely a bigger need than wide receiver, as James Conner's injury. Injury history is definitely one of the biggest concerns facing this team. Um, I, I like Dobbins as a prospect, but I'm not going to complain about Claypool as I will never complain about a Steelers wide receiver pick in the first couple of rounds because they, they never seem to miss. It's uh, These last few seasons, it's been Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. It should have been all three hits, in my opinion. We had, we had Martavis Bryant a few years back. There was Mike Wallace way back in the day, Emmanuel Sanders. They just really don't miss on these early round, early round receivers. So I, I definitely see Claypool coming in to be a contributor. In, in a nutshell, I was hoping at the time for Dobbins, but I can't complain. I know there was someone that a lot of there's uh, Cam Akers from Wisconsin, I believe. That was someone that a lot of a lot of Steel fans were kind of clamoring for. But I think everyone was kind of a consensus that everyone would rather have J.K. Dobbins than a Cam Akers. Yeah, yeah. I believe Cam Akers went to to Buffalo to compliment Devin Singletary now. Yes, I believe you're correct there. So, um, obviously, some of the older news that have been flying around are going to pass on signing James Conner, Alejandro Villanueva, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, I don't think many people believe that Juju's out the door next year, but I could definitely believe... Um, James Conner could not be resigned, and Alejandro Villanueva, that's kind of a toss-up, depending on his play this year. 
he's another anchor again, as he normally is. I think he's probably coming back on maybe one year deal, but I don't know about um, James Conner. And I think Juju's pretty much a lock for that, yeah. that we sign. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think, I think Juju is a lock just because unless he absolutely has an incredibly terrible season this year, because uh, this is Big Ben's team in his next two years of his contract, and we, we all pretty much believe two years from now will be his last season. And I don't think you can just take away his his longest tenured receiver from him in a season that you're going all out with him. It's like at East, We see he still has potential, and we saw him in that number two role. He was amazing. And it comes down to if you can... You know, even if he's not that number one guy you think he is, if you can maybe find that number one guy in the draft, then you automatically have an amazing number two guy. Yeah. I, um, I really like that. That was, that was something I heard about um, a lot. If you can put Claypool and Deontay Johnson out wide and Juju in the slot, that'd work out well. And maybe you slip in James, um, James Washington subs in and out for for those guys, because I, in my opinion, um, Claypool and Deontay Johnson will probably uh, be a little bit better than just on uh, my man, James Washington, but they'll probably be, maybe get up in a little bit more or something, but sticking Juju in the slot a lot more, I think that's something that would benefit him greatly. Yeah, definitely. The greatest years of production was once in time in the slot. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think James Conner, I could definitely see him on the move. Um, yeah, I'm all right. I don't know if the, the video is not good. Can you hear? I don't know if the video is not too great right now, but I can definitely see James Conner on the move. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, yeah. But um, I can definitely <laughs> see James Conner on the move. I I think he's been great when he's healthy. I think he's played at a Pro Bowl caliber level, but he just can't stay on the field. And, and as much as people don't like to admit it, availability is a skill, and maybe the most important skill to have definitely as a running back. I think, I think if he has another season that he just can't really stay on the field, and I could I could see us bring him back on like maybe a really cheap one-year deal, but I don't know if he would want like really accept such a cheap deal. So if he, if he wants money, I I don't think we can pay him that. As for Villanueva, I think it really comes down to his play this season. As he was very good two years ago and three years ago before that, but he he wasn't great this season. I think if he can improve and get close to the caliber he was playing beforehand, I think he'll definitely be re-signed for one or two year deal. But yeah, if he plays again like this year, I'd still like to have him back because he's still a solid offensive lineman. Even if his play wasn't amazing this year, I don't think you're going to get a core four in there and to perform better. Yeah. So, or, or a, but um, maybe Zach Banner. Zach Banner's actually looking pretty good. Maybe he could, they, because he's pretty cheap at the moment. Um, yeah. Maybe they could get him to a longer deal and um, ship Villanueva uh, out. I am not talking very good at the moment. But, I can see that. I know Zach Banner, that's something Zach Banner said, that he wants to compete for a starting job, and then he's not going to sign a long-term deal with any st- team unless he uh, is guaranteed, like, playing time. Uh-huh. I think that's, he just loves to play the game of football. But him and uh, Okorafor, that'd be a real training camp battle there for that open spot on the offensive line. Yeah, it, it could be. I think I think Banner will be in contention for 
for a starting tackle spot today, like this season. Yeah, I agree. Because I think I think Filer will be on the move on the offensive line. I think he'll have to switch positions, move down to a guard spot for Ramon Foster in the loss of him. I think I think Filer's gonna have to move to a guard as as he did to face Aaron Donald versus the Rams. And he did very well. Aaron Donald, he got a little pressure, but I don't believe he got any sacks in that game. And he, he performed well against Aaron Donald, moving down to a guard. So I definitely I think guard is where he's going to be moving this season in the loss of Foster. And I think that tackle spot's going to be open instead of the guard spot. So I think it it comes down to Banner. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski could go there, even though that's not really his. He's really more of a guard center. But yeah. you could see him. You could see Okora for you could honestly, you could see just you. Could, I can see Matt Fowler staying at tackle if it means Okorafor or Wisniewski or even um, Kevin Dotson starting. Yeah, because I, I don't know if you saw that, but um, the Steelers' offensive line coach, his name escapes me currently, but um, talking about how Kevin Dotson can come in and start this season, and I could see that he was rated as as the number one run blocking offensive lineman in the draft. Yeah, he is definitely in my maybe in my opinion. Like I'm, as I said, I was not nearly as prepared for the draft this year as I should have, especially if I was going to plan on um, being a co-host of a NFL talk show. <laughs> but, uh, he was definitely one of the more underrated picks of the draft, and I think he could definitely be someone very naturally talented, very strong. Maybe a little bit more work on the pass blocking techniques, but um, that would come with time. Mm-hmm. Especially with all, such veteran presences around him, I think he could really develop to a great talent. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. David DeCastro kind of take him under his wing and teach him the ropes of the NFL would be very nice, because if you're going to learn the ropes of being a guard, there's not m- many better players to, to learn from than David DeCastro. Yes. Uh, castro has been a stud for years now. <clears throat> he was an absolute s- snub from the um, Pro Bowl this year. I don't think he went, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. he did. Oh, he did? Okay, never mind. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think him and, yeah, him and Pouncey went on the offense, and then it was Hayden, TJ Watt, uh, Cam Hayward didn't make on defense, I believe. And Deontay Johnson didn't get to the Pro Bowl, but he was an all-NFL selection. Which was interesting. Uh, I think he was for a returner, or um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I just saw there was a like a a poll team out that comes out just like the All Pro team that was like all breakout player for next year, and he was number one wide receiver for the All Breakout team. Yeah, he was he was on the All All NFL second team as a punt returner, but he did not make the Pro Bowl as a punt returner, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um. I'm pretty sure uh, Nicole Hardman went, didn't he? Nicole Hardman was a uh, punt returner for the first team. And then Cordero Patterson was kick returner for the first team. And then Deontay Johnson was punt returner for the second team. And I believe Deontay Harris was kick returner for the second team? Maybe. Who knows? <clears throat> um, this just this thought just came to my mind. You remember that game last year where the Steelers versus the Chargers and uh, Boswell missed like, a ton of kicks per usual? But, like, at the end of the game, yeah. just jumped off the sides, like, six times. Yeah. <laughs> I, there were so many calls in that game that just yeah, got right I, to me. There was, like, two 
offside penalties that they didn't call that resulted in touchdowns or something. Yeah, there was the one that was just clearly offsides or false start. I mean, clearly yes. a false start, and they get a touchdown off of it. So hey. a, mm, gripes me, man. There's a lot All of the Chargers games. When I'm watching, uh, when I'm watching football games, there's like most of the time I notice penalties, but for some reason I never seem to notice holding penalties that much. But on that punt return, that I believe his name is uh, Alex, it's not Alex King, but his last name is King. I'm almost certain. He it was I think like, it's Desmond. Uh, Desmond I believe. King. Yes, that that is the name. And I remember it was like even I noticed that there was a holding call there, but it was not called. Yeah. I've never been more mad about anything in my life. Yeah, I definitely never notice holding calls unless they're by corners because I'm not watching the line. <laughs> Or, yeah. uh, when the play on the play, play breaks down, I'm definitely not watching the offensive line close enough to see a holding. Yeah, that, that's never been my uh, my focus of attention. I think that's I feel kind of feel bad for offensive line all the time. They never get the recognition they deserve. And no, they the don't. Time, no, they don't. Like, the only time they're mentioned is when they're doing bad. You know. Yeah, I think Quentin Nelson is. I think objectively, Quentin Nelson might be a top five player in the league. Yeah. If you take away, like, positional, like, just who's the best at their position, I think the list might go Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, Quentin Nelson. In all honesty. Yeah, I um, I actually quite agree with that. Someone, I'm not sure, uh, with the whole NFL, like, you know, the best 100 players in the league, but they do that every single year. Didn't George Kittle be, like... I'm not sure. I hated last year's list. I hated it. I'm telling you that. I'm not. I don't remember where George Kittle was, but I think you. How in the world is Patrick Mahomes not the number one player? Let alone he's not even the number one quarterback on the list last season. Yeah, Drew Brees was the number two best player in the league according to that list last season, and Patrick Mahomes was. I don't remember. He was top five, but he was not. I know it was Aaron Donald and then Drew Brees, and there's no way to me that Patrick Mahomes, you don't even rank him as the number one quarterback. Yeah, because no one even really... Maybe it's because of his injury. Maybe his statistics weren't as good. But so did Brees, actually. Yeah, so that... Yeah, but that was that's this year. Last year was Mahomes' MVP season. And they had him at number four, three, four, somewhere around there. Yeah. But it just... That was weird. And then they had Antonio Brown and Julio Jones ranked above DeAndre Hopkins. In my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins was definitely the number one re- receiver last year. But, I mean, it's it, it's all based on the players' votes. So, I mean, there's I can't really, like, complain about it too much because it's just personal opinion of the players. And I guess it, if you don't play DeAndre Hopkins in a season and see how great he is, it's hard to vote for him. Say so you get torched by Julio Jones, it's... <laughs> it's hard to to pick the guy that you didn't play against versus a guy that you saw in person. How great he was! I'll never forget. I'm sitting there that that year that um we play the Texans on Christmas, and he just mosses Joe Hayden, catches the ball with one hand back at the end zone. Like the Texans were getting smoked by the Steelers at that point. Um, yeah, was that the uh, one where like Hayden got the good coverage and it bounced up in the air and then he like turned around and caught it? Yeah. Oh and man. It was crazy. That was annoying. That was annoying. It was annoying, but yeah, the Steelers like beat the crap out of them, so it didn't really matter. It was a great Christmas. Yeah, we're, we're generally pretty good on holidays. So I remember, obviously, you know, the Baltimore Christmas game. Maybe my favorite game of all time to watch. 
And then there was Indianapolis on Thanksgiving a few years back, and we absolutely mollywhopped them. <laughs> right, we're yeah. kind of good on the holiday, so hopefully the Ravens' Thanksgiving game this year will, will continue that trend. Yeah, Steelers really kick it up a notch on those games. They um, do. Big, yeah, Big Ben played the Colts, and he threw for like 525 yards and like five touchdowns or something. I don't know the stats exactly, of course. There was some, I remember that crazy stretch where he had three straight 500-yard games. Yeah, um, so as we've mentioned multiple, multiple times off the air, I am a massive fan of the Patrick McAfee podcast. I listen to it all the time. And I know that one thing that he mentioned was that the coach of the of the Colts, they always prioritized, you know, you got to shut down A.B., you got to shut down Le'Veon Bell. But he never talked about, like, Big Ben's tendencies nearly as much as he talked about their tendencies. And Big Ben would go off with, like, even if they shut down Antonio Brown for the most part, he'd still go off because it passed to the second and third wide receivers. Um, and that, like, especially in those games, mm-hmm. yeah, he'd go for, like, 500 yards, like, two years in a row against the Colts or something. And yeah, like, that's... The players didn't take care of that enough. Yeah, because at the time, that was when our number two was was Martavis Bryant, and he's obviously a great deep threat, among other things. He was just a very good receiver at the time when he was there. He's definitely a guy where when you say we're going to shut down Antonio Brown and you have to beat us with Martavis Bryant, he's a guy that can do that. You can oh. still go out and beat you with him. So it's I, it was nice to have him there as a cushion. And be... I really hope to see him back in the league at some point. Now that now that weed is a non-suspendable offense. <laughs> yeah, um, he was always a player that if he would have kept his, if he would have kept his um. They would have kept on the straight and narrow. Yeah, even you know, one like one more year, or maybe two more years. I can't remember exactly. Uh, all the years seem to run together <laughs> for me. Yeah. He would have just kept good for a little bit longer, boy. Yeah. A real yeah. stud. But yeah, watching um, Steelers' offensive highlights from that year, whether it was Juju, Martavis Bryant, and Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a nice year. I, so- it made me sad. I saw, like, halfway through the season of, like, a post of, like, week 8, 2015, or 20, like, 16, 17 or something, 17, 18, I don't remember, versus 2019, 20, 20 offense. It was, like, Big Ben to Mason Rudolph, Le'Veon Bell, to James Conner, or not at the time, it wasn't James Conner, it was like Ben Snow or Jalen Samuels or something. It was A.B. to Juju. Or no, because Juju was injured too. That's what made it so funny, because everyone was injured at the time. It was A.B. to Deontay, and then Martavis to James Washington, Juju over to, I don't even know, like Deion Kane maybe. I don't know who the number three was. Johnny Holton. It was just crazy to see that. It's like, man, look where we are. But then you can flip that around and say the defense from back then versus the defense now. Yeah, that's something. I, I saw a post about that, too. That mm, it's, a, it's imagine we like even make the playoffs. That, that, ugh, that defense was horrific. <laughs> it was. It was. Let alone like the AFC Championship. Every game was a shootout because the defense wasn't stopping anybody. Yeah. Um, so switching gears a little bit here from our uh, Steelers nostalgia train, um, do you really like do you believe all the hype around the Bucks this year? Do you really think that Tom Brady is gonna kick it through his 
aging body and transport himself into the mortal realm. <laughs> so, I, I think they'll be a wild card team. I think the Saints are not really catchable. But I think when you look at Brady last season and you watch the tape, I don't know how many Patriots games you were able to watch last season. His stats weren't amazing, but he's a lot of that was not his fault. You got to think on that team, there were not deep threats. Like when Josh Gordon was there and you had that deep threat, Tom Brady was he was doing good. Josh Gordon was putting up big numbers before he obviously got shipped out to Seattle for for off the field reasons. Um, but it was Edelman. Edelman is a slot guy. Mohamed Sanu is not necessarily too much of a deep threat. Nikhil Harry is not a deep threat. Phil Dorsett. So they, they didn't really have those deep threats. I think whenever Josh Gordon was there, you really got to see it. I think all those people that are saying Tom Brady's arm is, is terrible, I, I don't know what kind of game they're watching, man. Like <laughs> Tom Brady can still sling the thing. and his, his mind, He's never been the best athleticism guy, but he's always been the smartest on the field, and that is not going to change. Especially when any, the weapons he has now, man. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. That, he's got weapons, and I think their defense is underrated. I think they're a playoff team. Definitely. Yeah, the Saints are definitely... I think they can definitely still make things happen in that division. You know, like Even though division, their division is pretty good now, I definitely go with that, but they're not... Um, I don't think yeah, like, I agree with you. I don't think the Saints are catchable at this point. Um, definitely a number one wild card spot. The, yeah. Um, so, how do you feel? Like, I know. Like, who's your your number one fantasy football pick? Number one overall. Who's your, who your, who's your, who's your pick? If I get the number one pick, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. So I like Derrick Henry. I do, but. I don't know. I think it's a lot easier to game plan against Derrick Henry than it is against Christian McCaffrey. When you see Christian McCaffrey is really a threat anywhere on the field. Well, I think Derrick Henry has a little bit of that receiving ability. It's definitely not as much of a threat. He's not nearly anywhere as as great of a route runner as Christian McCaffrey is, and he's more of just a power back. And I think if you stack the box against him a lot of times, they could you could definitely try to contain him or slow him down a lot more than you could with McCaffrey. Because McCaffrey can kind of do very well going to the outside and receiving the ball if the running game isn't working. I, I don't know. I just go with McCaffrey, and I think, I think there's a lot less weapons there. And Bridgewater, uh, I think we'll definitely find better ways to get McCaffrey involved. Where I think Henry will get the touches, but I think teams, I think he was not really in consideration as the best running back until the playoffs. I think we can say safely. I think when the playoffs started, it was McCaffrey and then everyone else. And then he was doing so well in the playoffs, and it just, everyone's all of a sudden, like, he's, he's one of the top players in the league now. But I, I think I would probably take him as the number two running back still, but I, st- I still got to give the nod to McCaffrey, number one. Yeah, when it comes down to it, you have to see that the Titans <clears throat> won more when they hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and when they threw the ball with uh, Ryan Tannehill. So... Uh, even if they have AJ Brown and all the all the talent surrounding uh, Tannehill in the world, is I'm not sure if he's quite the the threat that like a passing threat that he is. Then you know he's a great ga- game manager and yeah, definitely how he needs to. Um, 
yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm a full believer in the Titans doing good next year. Uh, I'm not. I don't think they're a playoff team for me. I think I think teams are going to be able to watch that film and kind of game plan better against Derrick Henry. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be exposed as really not that amazing of a quarterback. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't think he's what the Pro Bowl guy he was made out to be last season. And I think the defense didn't get better with the loss, especially of Jarrell Casey, who was their second best defender behind Kevin Byard. I think A.J. Brown will take a step forward, but I, I think that defense is is not going to be as good as they were last year. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, teams like that are so dependent on the running game, they're almost, uh, like, I don't trust them. That's, <clears throat> that's what I'm yeah. going with. And, and if you keep working Derrick Henry like they are now, you, you can see a Todd Gurley situation happen. Yeah. It, paying running backs is never the move, and I'm seeing that more every day. Yeah. Um, really, um, you know, Bill, kind of, like on Bell, did not have the year that the Bells, that the Jets were expecting, I'm sure. Um, even though he, he did pretty good, but uh, he wasn't that much of a running threat. He was a pretty good receiver out of the backfield, though, so I guess you can't really say much there. Mm-hmm. The thing with Lecom Bell, hyper-productive uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but with the New York Jets, he... Uh, his like yards per, per carry was not off the charts. It, it's just tough. That offensive line was so bad <laughs> last year. Like there was nothing, and it's like it's the Bell show because they're receiving. It's not like it's like oh, what do you? If like if we cover Bell, then they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna go pass on us if we send it for Levy on Bell and send all of our defenders to him. Like they didn't really have receivers last year. Robbie Anderson was a deep threat, really, and that's about it. And their number one receiver is Jamison Crowder. Like I, I think the teams are playing against Le'Veon Bell because that was their consensus offensive guy, and that's the guy. And when they don't have the offensive line to do anything about it, it's tough. I think Mackay Becton's a good addition, and I think most of Le'Veon Bell's runs this season will, will be behind Becton. Yeah, definitely. Um, that Darnold is Sam Darnold is definitely one quarterback that I, I believe is very underrated. He has not really been given the the type of talent or players around him that he deserves, to say the least. And I definitely think that um, with Mims and maybe a better offensive line, uh, kind of a Indianapolis Colts situation where they they get some better protection up front and then they get a stellar running game, get a couple splash plays here and there. But I definitely think Mims was a solid pick. I do. I, I like the pick of Mims, and I do like Darnold. But I don't know if you've got a chance to look at their schedule this season. It's brutal. No, I, I really didn't. <laughs> it's tough. It's good teams in the beginning, good teams in the middle, good teams at the end. It's uh, real It's real tough. There's really only two games on that schedule that I can look at and say, like, okay, yeah, that, that's a win. Every yeah. game, it's either, like, that should be a loss or that's going to be close. It's tough. Yeah. I think Darnold will pull them through. I think they're 7-9, 6-10 kind of team this season. Let me check it out, their schedule. Yeah, I haven't really checked out many schedules uh, Again, your football IQ is just showing me up. Jeez. <laughs> it's it's Colin Coward, man. He lets me in on this stuff. I mean, man. Yeah, the, the Jets' uh, schedule is brutal. Jets at Bills, uh, Jets 49ers, Jets Colts. Like, they might be able to snag that Colts game. Philip Rivers still, is still playing like like an old guy. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Jets at Broncos, Cardinals, Chargers, uh, Bills again, Chiefs, Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins back-to-back weeks. I'm not sure if that, maybe that might be messed up. Uh, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots again. Huh. That's definitely a rough schedule. Yeah, I'm not. I like them as a playoff team before the season, but uh, seeing that schedule, whew. No, yeah. not anymore. Let's see what, what are the, which one of these teams are are we really going to count out of the playoffs? I think the Bills are a playoff team. The 49ers are definitely a playoff team. Now the Colts aren't a playoff team. Broncos are a playoff team. I think team. they could be, in my opinion. The Colts it comes down to Rivers. I don't know. I'm not going to say they are, but it comes down to Rivers. And, I mean, if he does terrible, you throw in Jacoby Brissett, and I think they could have been a playoff team if Brissett stays healthy all season, last season even. They are in the race. Okay, yeah, so, so that, yeah, that's even a worst case against the Jets. So, maybe playoff team. Broncos, we've already talked about that. Um, probably a playoff team. Cardinals, um, New Copkins, definitely a big addition. Probably playoff team. Chargers, uh, who knows, maybe playoff team. Bills, we already said playoff team. Chiefs, playoff team. Patriots, who knows. Um, Dolphins, probably not. But they're, I refuse to believe they're playing the... The Jets are playing the Dolphins in back-to-back weeks. There's no way that's real. I don't know why Google's saying that right now. Raiders, probably not. Who really knows? Again. Seahawks, definitely. Rams, probably not. Browns, who knows again, depending on that coaching situation. Yeah. That, yeah, I've already said who knows. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Shout out to Skype, though. It's uh, still recording, 56 minutes in. If only it would have happened last time. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we, we've recorded our, this podcast. Yeah, this is the second time. The first time we recorded, like, an hour and a half, it was absolutely, like, juicy conversation. It was <laughs> wonderful to listen to. And it recorded six minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I will eternally be mad about that. Let me tell you how happy I'm going to be when we log off here and it's recorded like say seven minutes this time. Oh yeah, it, it says it's recording. It says recording 57 minutes. So if, yeah, I really hope that's real. <laughs> I sure hope so. This is pretty good. I definitely think our first podcast might have been a little bit more interesting. We kind of burnt out here a little bit at the end, but um, so yeah, interesting. sometimes it do, it do be like that. Sometimes you know, it's kind of late. There's not always there's not always news. Especially in these quarantine times. Yeah. And it's the off season too, so there's not always news. There's free agency news when that was a thing, the draft news, but I think content we're gonna have to make come up with it. Yeah, you can tell how much NFL and Steelers content there is available when you look at my uh, Instagram and you see that I posted it like one time in the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, plug your Instagram, Joe. Plug it. Tell tell them your name. Plug it. All right. Uh, you can follow me at the period Steelers period reporter. You can follow Colton at uh, I'm not really sure Colton underscore Talbis I believe. Yeah, probably I think. Uh, C O L T I N underscore T A L P I S. Or you can follow my personal Instagram account at Joseph O C O ten twenty two. As always. <clears throat> I must admit I don't post Steelers content besides my Instagram story when something big happens. Yes, but, I, uh, but if I post it on my Instagram story, chances are you've already heard of it. So it's <laughs> yeah, I never really put anything on my personal account, but um, I'm definitely going to start posting my yearly 
review of the CLS positions that I almost never make it through. But this year I'm going to, I promise. And full uh, schedule predictions starting tomorrow, most likely, along with all the the most cool-looking Steeler edits ever. Colton can vouch for me there. Oh, yeah. That's, they're just stellar. They're always awesome. Um, always, you know, second fastest Steeler news, probably. Just kidding. <laughs> I'd probably rank myself five. Uh, Who are the four ahead of you? Let's see. So, uh, Steeler vs. NFL, Steelers News 7, Steel City Champions, and probably Steeler Season. I'd probably say those are all okay. fast. Um, okay. Although I always had the fastest draft coverage, no doubt. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. You've already got it. You got it typed up already. All you got to do is type in the name. Yeah, I, yeah. I have this um, nice layout and just got to put the go. name, college pick. Everything's everything's always crisp. <laughs> no, my graphics are not the greatest, but you know, it all comes with the brand. It's about the content. Yeah. So, I'm, I really want to make this to an hour. <laughs> we're all we're really <laughs> seconds. Um, thank you guys you. so much for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and we'll come back and listen again. There you go. That's the one hour mark. Um, there it is. Covered one hour. First episode of the Colton and Joe show. Nice ring to it, as always. That's the first That's thing always. we said. What is going to be the name? Colton and Joe show, nice ring to it. Wonderful. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Goodbye, all. I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) Peace, man. I'll see you later, man. It's brutal. No, I I really didn't. (laughs) It's tough. It's...